Welcome back. I'm Ian Masters, and this is Background Briefing, available 24-7 at backgroundbriefing.org. And joining us now is Anders Aslan, a senior fellow at the Stockholm Free World Forum, a professor at the Center for Eurasian, Russian and East European Studies at Georgetown University, and a member of the Russian Academy of Natural Sciences. He worked as a Swedish diplomat in Moscow and serves as an economic advisor to the governments of Russia and Ukraine. And his books include Ukraine, What Went Wrong and How to Fix It, and Russia's Crony Capitalism, The Path from Market Economy to Kleptocracy. And he has an article at the Kiev Post, Why Ukraine Can and Will Win, and another at The Hill, Jake Sullivan's new essay reveals a Biden administration in denial about Ukraine. Welcome to Background Briefing, Anders Asland. Thank you very much, Ian. Well, thanks for joining us. And we're just learning that the wife of the head of Ukraine's military intelligence, Mariana Budanova, has been poisoned by some heavy metal poisoning. Of course, uh, the Russians have a history of using poisons against political opponents, uh, Navalny, uh, Skripal in the UK, Yushchenko, opposition leader in Ukraine 2004, was poisoned uh, with dioxin. And of course, Alexander Litvinenko, a KGB former colleague of Putin's, was murdered in London with uh, polonium. So we know that that's a tool used by Russian <clears throat> intelligence. But how did they get so close to Badanov? Because his wife works in Badanov's office. Well, works or works. Uh, she, she lives in his office because uh, he thinks that it's necessary for their uh, security. But uh, of course, there are uh, possible Russian agents all over in the Ukraine. You don't see a difference between the Russian and uh, Ukrainian. And uh, uh, there were lots of them under um, President Yanukovych until 2014. Both the Minister of Defense and the head of the intelligence agency were then Russian citizens, Russian uh, generals serving under Yanukovych. So it's very difficult to clean everybody out. Well, recently, uh, Oleski uh, Danilov, the head of the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine, uh, said that in 2003, Putin set himself a task of destroying our country. And during all this time, their tasks have not changed. Considering the fact that the Russian Federation does not have the ability to win by military means, it is now using all its agents' networks, which unfortunately still exist, and now we are observing their maximum activation. So is that what's happening, that Putin's losing the war, so now he's deploying his hit teams within Ukraine itself to to assassinate the leadership? Probably. They count that uh, Kirill Bodan, the head of the military intelligence, uh, uh, whom I actually saw in uh, uh, when I was in Kiev in September, that's a truly tough guy. Uh, he um, has been subject to about a 10 uh, attempts on his life. And President Zelensky has uh, been exposed to, to a number of attempts on his life uh, also. So this is the, the Russian way. And the Ukrainians are also now killing one of the collaborators in the occupied territories after the other of the top people. 
Well, Badanov, though, has really got under Putin's skin because he actually has been behind these drone attacks on Moscow itself, one of which would have hit Putin's quarters inside the Kremlin, but for the fact that it hit a flagpole. Yeah, but it was a small thing. It was more in order to show that they could do it and test uh, uh, how it was uh, possible. It was another drone that uh, hit uh, uh, Putin's uh, residence in Nova Agarjova, I think, uh, where he actually lives. I think that was uh, more serious. No, as I said, uh, Budanov is a truly tough guy. Right. Well, what's your sense then of what's happening. You wrote the article that I mentioned in, in the, recently in the Kiev Post on November the 26th, why Ukraine can and will win. Of course, there's a lot of talk uh, that there's a stalemate, and needless to say, the head of Ukraine's military said that in an interview with Ukraine. It's like we're sort of in a World War One situation, which clearly irritated Zelensky. What's your assessment of what's happening on the ground in that war? Well, the big positive thing that has happened uh, in the last uh, months is that Ukraine has made big advances on uh, Crimea. Since late uh, September, Ukraine has actually managed to restore commercial shipping over the Black Sea, uh, thanks uh, to having taken out uh, much of the Russian uh, military installations on Crimea and uh, in the area outside of uh, Crimea. So uh, the Russian Black Sea Fleet has fled uh, from Sevastopol uh, to the easternmost part of uh, the Black Sea. And uh, the Russians have moved their Calibre uh, cruise missiles uh, that they kept uh, in storage from Sevastopol uh, to the main uh, port in Novorossiysk. So therefore, Ukraine can now uh, uh, pursue commercial shipping. More than 100 uh, ships uh, have uh, passed uh, from uh, Odessa uh, through the Bosphorus um, since uh, late uh, September. So this is a big uh, achievement. But uh, what concerns uh, the front, the Russians have attacked a lot outside of the city of Donetsk, but they have not managed to get any breakthrough. And for the last month, this month of November, the Ukrainians have recorded about 900 killed Russian soldiers every day. So this is a massive meat grinder. There is some uh, uh, suspicion that these uh, numbers are ex- exaggerated. The Ukrainians now claim that they have killed more than 320,000 Russian uh, soldiers. These are not civilians, but uh, soldiers. And uh, I see the U.S. Uh, highest numbers are up to 200,000 killed uh, Russians. This is an enormous killing, but the Russians continue to go on. And one reason is that the Russians recently officially announced that the number of uh, prisoners had declined from 420,000 to 260,000 which would indicate that they had thrown 160,000 prisoners into the war in Ukraine. Well, they lost, I think, about 15,000 
in Afghanistan, and that was enough for them to pull out of Afghanistan. So I've heard some of the intercepts of young Russian soldiers calling their mothers and their girlfriends, just saying how hideous it is and how they're dying, their guys are dying all around them and absolutely furious at the the lack of leadership and at Putin saying, he, he, he why wasn't he satisfied with just getting... Crimea, why does he need Donetsk and Luhansk? Why, why are we here? There has to be a massive dif- difference between the morale of the Russians, who don't know why they're fighting that war, except for the mythical fascists and uh, Nazis they're supposed to be uh, liberating the country from, whereas the Ukrainians uh, know exactly why they're fighting, don't they? Indeed, this is the big uh, difference, that the Ukrainians have uh, strong morale, even if they are tired of the war, and now the Russians have no morale at all. Uh, and uh, the, the Ukrainians uh, seem to have a much better equipment, and uh, they have uh, commanders who care about their lives, unlike uh, the very hierarchical uh, Russian officers who are really pursuing a World War One. Uh, tactics. So this is a reason why the Ukrainians have not made frontal attacks, because uh, uh, they would lose far too many uh, soldiers then. And uh, most of the Ukrainian uh, soldiers uh, are still volunteers. So what then do you make of, uh, of the recent article to the, by Charlie Kupchin and others suggesting it's time for negotiations? Yeah, I simply can't understand it uh, because uh, uh, any negotiation, any <clears throat> agreement with Russia could not be trusted. Putin has violated every agreement that he has made or that his predecessors uh, uh, have uh, made. Whatever he says, he just lies. Uh, you know the saying, don't believe anything until the Kremlin has uh, denied it. and. Uh, if, if the purpose of uh, any negotiations from Russia's side would be just uh, to get uh, a, res- uh, a rest so that they can mobilize more resources and the time of the Ukrainians out. Uh, Ukraine is not uh, quite defensible unless it takes uh, Crimea back, because Ukraine needs uh, Crimea and Sevastopol in order to safeguard commercial shipping over the Black Sea, which is vital for the Ukrainian economy. 95% of all Ukrainian tra- exports um, in physical terms went through uh, uh, ships uh, through the Black Sea uh, previously, and that uh, should be uh, re-established. Uh, so I really, uh, really don't think that the Haas and Kapchan know what we are talking about. Charlie Kapchan, uh, well, I, of course, I know these people. Uh, Charlie Kapchan uh, boasted that he had stopped the World War Three uh, uh, when he was senior director for Europe under uh, Obama in the National Security Council and that he had stopped uh, Toria Newland, who's now under Secretary of State for Policy, from delivering uh, arms uh, to, to Ukraine. So he was on the wrong side then, and he's on the wrong side now. But you argue in your article at the Kiev Post uh, that why Ukraine can, can and will win, that the only way Russia is going to win is through Donald Trump. And because Putin owns Donald Trump, 
And Donald Trump, if he gets elected, the first thing he'll do is cut off aid to Ukraine and possibly pull the US out of NATO. So explain further why you think Donald Trump is the only person that could win the war for Russia. Well, uh, I think that uh, it's completely clear that uh, Donald Trump is all in favor of Putin. There's never criticized uh, Putin, has criticized uh, Ukraine over and over uh, again. He, he loves uh, Putin and uh, a dictatorship. We, we should believe him on uh, on this. Uh, he has not explained why, really. Uh, but uh, given all the stories that uh, uh, we have about uh, Trump, I be- uh, believe particularly in the book by Craig Unger about uh, the house of uh, Putin, the house of Trump, that uh, uh, Trump has been um, compromised uh, in Russia uh, repeatedly uh, through his uh, plausible uh, sexual acts when he has uh, been there. We also know that uh, uh, his business model was to sell uh, expensive condos without asking any questions, particularly to wealthy uh, Russians, both in Miami and in uh, in uh, New York. Uh, and uh, we know this, we know people who have bought it, it's well uh, documented, and these are very odious characters that he sold the uh, apartment uh, to. So uh, we should think that uh, they are both uh, sexual compromise uh, against uh, Trump and uh, that he has uh, strong financial connections uh, w- with the Russians. Uh, we pretty much know this. Well, interesting enough, and as I know, we are venturing into amateur psychi- psychiatrics. At a recent rally, Trump suddenly out of the blue started to talk about the Steele dossier about the so-called PP tapes, and he went on talking about how, you know, he would never do something like that, and they talked about the golden showers and and how Melania has said, oh, you know, you're a germaphobe, you'd never do that. It was so off the wall that you had to think, my God, this guy is is speaking out loud about the very thing that he claims he's not guilty of. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, such a, a steady thing. I knew such uh, stories from when I worked as a diplomat in Moscow that uh, they uh, did take photos of ordinary diplomats uh, who got into compromising uh, situations with uh, uh, Russian uh, ladies. And uh, this is a standard procedure. And if that ha- happens to mid-level diplomats, uh, you take will take for granted that uh, uh, U.S. billionaires st- staying at the um, uh, president's suite in Ritz-Carlton is uh, filmed back and forth, and uh, you would not expect uh, Trump not to do anything that would be in, uh, considered improper uh, when he is there for Miss uh, Universe. And you probably remember. Joe Alsop, uh, the famous uh, uh, U.S. op-ed columnist who went to Moscow in 1959 and uh, he turned out to be gay, which was not very good at that time. And the KDB produced uh, the relevant photos of him uh, in uh, some kind of honey uh, trap uh, in Moscow. 
which uh, which cost him a lot in uh, uh, those days. This is an old standard procedure, and the te technology now makes it extremely easy. So I would be extremely surprised if uh, such films do not exist. So just back to the Ukraine and the, the poisoning, just here in the last couple of minutes, the, the poisoning of the wife of the head of Ukraine's uh, military intelligence, who's, who has been the most effective in attacking uh, Russia, deep into Russia, going after the leadership, Putin having drones go to the Kremlin and to Putin's compound outside of Moscow, along with drones that struck the heads of of the GRU and the FSB, the Russian intelligence services, in Moscow itself, in some high rises as well, and Badanov himself has uh, has had at least ten hits attempts on him. So, just in closing, how how are we going to how are they going to keep particularly Zelensky safe if Putin's now taking the gloves off and out to assassinate Ukraine's leaders? Well, uh, as I understand it, uh, uh, Zelensky is living in the presidential administration, and the presidential administration is the old um, party headquarters uh, in Kiev. Uh, there are huge um, basements underneath uh, with uh, uh, corridors and uh, all kinds of uh, facilities. So this is where he and his closest uh, collaborators are living and working. So you do not enter the presidential administration in Kiev easily. That is how he protects his life. Right. But there are Russian agents throughout the country, so it's a dangerous situation. And I thank you for joining us, Anders Aslan. Thank you very much, Ian, as always. And again, I mean, speak with Anders Aslan, who's a senior fellow at the Stockholm Free World Forum and a professor at the Center for Eurasian, Russian and East European Studies at Georgetown University and a member of the Russian Academy of Natural Sciences. He worked as a Swedish diplomat in Moscow and served as an economic advisor to the governments of Russia and Ukraine. And his books include Ukraine, What Went Wrong and How to Fix It and Russia's Crony Capitalism, The Path from Market Economy to Kleptocracy. And he has an article at the Kiev Post why Ukraine Cannon Will Win, and another at the Hill, Jake Sullivan's new essay reveals a Biden administration in denial about Ukraine.